Welcome to GSA 101, brought to you by Elevate GSA, where we turn GovSpeak into a language you speak. My name is Hannah Struss, and I have Colin Hertzel here with me today, and we're going to be discussing how to get your contract up and running post-award. So first off, congratulations on your new GSA contract. Getting through the review process, the clarifications, landing with the new CEO is no small feat. So give yourself a little pat on the back for this one. And now... Every single email that you've had back and forth, sending files to your contracting officer and then sending files to you, save all of those attachments, every single file from the process. Seriously, all of them. (laughs) GSA can request these from you at any given time. And if you can't provide them, you can begin breach of your contract terms and conditions. So all of those things, the FPR, all of the final files that they send you, keep them, archive them, put them in a safe place. Don't lose them. Be ready. Be ready. (laughs) These things will be referenced in the future if you do any kind of modification to your contract. At contract extensions. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. If you're doing a mod, your CO might just ask for the FPR from contract award. That has happened to me several times. And you've got to have it. If you don't, it really looks terrible. Yeah. So (laughs) if when in doubt, just, just save it all. And if you need to go looking for it later, you'll be happy that you did. Yes. Okay, step number two, register your contract with the Vendor Support Center. It's a really, really quick process. It takes a couple minutes to do, and you'll need your DUNS number, your contract number, um, and your contract administrator's info. You will be able to do this 24 hours after your contract has been awarded. If you try to do it sooner than that, you'll keep getting an error code from the Vendor Support Center, and it's frustrating. So just wait. (laughs) Next Pour yourself a cup of coffee because you're going to need to take some time to learn the schedule input program. This SIP software, as it's often abbreviated, uh, is pretty outdated, but it is going to be absolutely necessary for you to upload your contract terms and conditions and get visible to all of your potential federal contract uh, purchasing officers. So sit down with it. There's a lot of information that can be found just by letting your mouse hover over different parts of the window, and you'll you'll get your way through it. But it's it's very very outdated, but absolutely necessary for keeping your contract up to date. That's right. And if you need help, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, This is a service we provide a la carte. If you need your you know TNC doc updated and don't want to learn it, we can definitely do it for you. So reach out to us if you need help. It's not the most fun time you'll ever have, but it's worth it to learn. (laughs) Um, Okay, so the next step, just like we said, the learning the SIP program is the first step to then uploading your TNC doc. Um, As Colin said, this will allow your customers to find you and view your offerings, your products, your services, all of that. So it's very, very important. Yes. Next, if you haven't already, you're going to want to register your FASID with eOffer. So if you don't have one of these already, go to the eOffer website. We'll definitely include a link somewhere down in the show notes. And in the top left-hand corner, you'll have an option to register as a new user. Provide them with the same name and the same email address that you used as part of your proposal upload in the first place. So either as your contract administrator, some point of contact in there. If that was listed along with your proposal, you'll be able to set up a new FASID, which will then be your login to this as well as many other systems that are going to be a part of you maintaining your contract compliance. 
That's right. And once you add more negotiators to your contract, if you choose to do so, they will also need to register with the FAS ID. So it's very critical. Okay, next step, log into eBuy and familiarize yourself. All of the RFQs and RFPs that are relevant to your awarded SINs are going to be posted there. And this is the site you're going to use to respond to those RFPs. Log in at as many points of contact as you can um, to these alerts. So kind of spread out who gets the email so everybody can kind of take a look and monitor this. Uh, initially, only the contract administrator is going to have access to this site. Right. But I think eventually everyone should be kind of spreading the load across a couple of people. Right. Because it's, it's a lot of work to get in there and just read these opportunities and try to find which ones work for your company. Yeah. Right. Just because they fall under your sin does not mean they're going to be relevant to the work that you do. Right. Right. You have to weed through. And the emails, are you get a lot of emails. <laughs> right. I'm listed as a point of contact uh, for one of our clients, and I get probably 10 to 15 emails a day. So right, right. And prepare again, yourself. Just reading through <laughs> the summaries of those can take some time. So spread this out, get some people, dedicate some, you know, uh, some many hours to yeah. this. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then also, uh, you'll need to familiarize yourself with the FAS sales reporting system, the FAS SRP. Um, so you need to uh, log in with that same FAS ID and get familiar again with the user interface. There's only a handful of clicks to go through, but this isn't going to be something that you want to try to figure out at the last minute because this is going to be where you pay your industrial funding fee back to GSA. So part of your services and products that you're selling already have this industrial funding fee baked into the price. It's your job to collect it. And then quarterly, you're going to hand this back to GSA through this sales reporting portal. Um, so if you're in TDR, this is also going to be where you provide those extra lines of information to GSA about each one of your sales and potentially report that fee back to them monthly if you chose to do that way. Right. You can, if you're in TDR, you can report it back monthly or quarterly. It's up to you. Right. Okay. It's really important that now that you have your GSA schedule, that you really start networking. Talk to your current clients. Um, try to see if they're interested in purchasing through GSA instead of open market. Um, any of your government contacts, reach out to them. Let them know you're on GSA. Uh, try to sync up with other small businesses or large businesses in your industry who are on GSA and doing work. See if you can subcontract for those large businesses or team up on an opportunity with another small business in the future. Right, yeah. If you saw an opportunity come through on eBuy and you bid for it and you didn't win it, reach out to the company that won it. They may be a large business looking to subcontract some of that work. You may still be able to win some of that work kind of after award through that process. And if not, this is still a great way just to get your name out there and let people know to keep you in their Rolodex and kind of, you know, start fishing, casting a wide net for more opportunities. Right. Exactly. And it's really critical that you get the ball rolling as soon as possible on making your first GSA sales because you need to hit a certain minimum sales number to stay in compliance with GSA. You need to sell $25,000 worth of products, services, whatever, 
through your GSA schedule every year. Now, new contractors like yourselves, you have two years to hit that first 25,000. They give you an extra year as a grace period, but you need to hit that number annually to maintain your contract. Um, So, like I said, getting, getting the ball and hitting the ground running as soon as possible to, to start generating some sales is going to take uh, you know some of the, the pressure off you later down the line when you're looking to see if you made these numbers and if you get to keep this GSA schedule you worked so hard for. Right. If you get into a jam where you know, you've, you're know you at your three-year mark and you still haven't made the appropriate amount of sales, GSA will reach out to you, you know, asking why should we keep you, basically. And you need to provide evidence that you're trying to do sales through your GSA contract. So you might give them screen caps of RFPs that you've submitted to, you know, and things like that, and detail to them your efforts. Right, your due diligence. Exactly, so keep that in mind. Right. Okay, you're also gonna wanna stick the GSA logo everywhere you can think of. Put it on your website, your email signature, uh, put up a post on LinkedIn and let everybody know that you are now on the GSA. Just try to get the word out to as many eyeballs as possible (laughs) Um, so that people know to utilize you if they can. Right. Um, Also, uh, occasionally GSA is going to issue mass modifications uh, and these changes are unilateral and they're changes to the main solicitation that all mass contract holders live under. So it's going to be a change to your contract as well as everyone's contract. They're going to put these out occasionally and you need to be able to log into their portal and accept what changes they present. For most contractors, Mass mod by mass mod, it's not going to have a tremendous effect on the way that you do business, but occasionally one will come your way that may affect you, and you need to make sure that you stay in compliance with that. Um, so if you need to take exception, you have the ability to do that, but in my experience, I've never heard of anyone actually taking an exception to one of these mass mods. Most people are just ready to accept them and move forward and right. say, this is the way GSA works now. Right. Um, <laughs> deal with it. <laughs> yeah. And if you if you tune into this podcast, we always give a summary of what's coming out in the mass mod a couple of weeks ahead of time. So you can, you know, be prepared for it and make sure that you're getting this accepted as soon as possible if you do need to make some changes. Right. Um, okay. And mass mods come out like a couple times a year. It's yeah. not incredibly often yeah, but um, we're on what the sixth version of right. the solicitation now and it's it's been out for like a year a while. and a half at least yeah right um and you will have a deadline that you need to accept the mass mod by and if you don't gsa gets upset so get in there and accept those mass mods um yes. as fast as you can <laughs> right <laughs> and that fas id that you created earlier on will be how you log in yeah that's a it's a, a nice thing that gsa did recently to streamline that instead yeah. of there were so many lines I'm into before. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. And then be aware that contractor assessments and audits may happen. Um, GSA is going to ask you a ton of questions and ask for a bunch of documents to make sure that you understand how your GSA contract works and that you are keeping track of your sales appropriately, your remitting if appropriately. These uh, assessments are really to kind of find missing dollars, if I'm being honest. GSA, and, they're, and they've been pretty explicit about this. They are 
assessing if you've given them all their money. <laughs> so be aware of that. We do provide help preparing for these audits and assessments. We don't sit in on them, you know, because we don't work at your company. We don't know the ins and outs or the answers to their questions, but we can look over your docs before you submit it, you know, to your contracting officer for review. So we can help with that. Right. But be aware. Yeah, <laughs> They're say, coming. A, a significant amount of these contractor assessments are very, very routine. If you have a certain, if you're doing well and you're above a certain number, you know, you can expect a contractor assessment to come annually. I think it's 250000 Okay. If you do okay. over $250,000 annually, GSA is going to come kind of knocking at your door. Yeah, right. <laughs> and most of most of what they ask for is homework that you can prepare ahead of time. And that's really what we help with. Exactly. So they're going to ask for a handful of documents and we'll dig through all your files and help you find them. And then if you're able to present all of those things and everything looks good and in state you were in compliance the entire time, um, it's kind of just they give you a handshake and send you on your way. Yeah. So um, we the, the help that we offer is it's still pretty significant. If you feel one coming up and you need some help, definitely reach out to yeah, us. Let us know. Um, yeah. And then you'll also want to learn where your contracts uh, show public facing information. So eLibrary is going to show the terms and conditions of your contract. Uh, GSA Advantage is going to show you all of your products and potentially all of your services in you know GSA's version of a point and click web store like Amazon. Um, and you'll want to make sure that your information is correct in those places. So the key to making this happen is successfully uploading everything inside of that SIP software that we talked about before. But a really good barometer for whether or not you did a good job is when you go to look at it, does it show the correct information? So pull yourself up in eLibrary. Again, like I said, this is public facing. You wouldn't have to log in to do this um, and see what you can see and make sure that it lines up with how you think your contract is actually functioning. Right. Okay, this is kind of a biggie, and we do have podcast episodes about this. Your EPA mechanism. Make sure you understand which one you chose, which one your contract is tied to. It sounds silly. It happens all the time. <laughs> I don't blame you guys. I, the EPA can be very tricky. So read up about it. You know, catch up on our podcast episodes. Read our blogs. Get a firm understanding of which EPA mechanism clause you chose and how that's going to affect your pricing. It's not only going to affect your GSA pricing, it's also potentially going to affect your commercial pricing. If you chose a clause that allows you to have a 2%, say, build out with your GSA rates, your commercial pricing needs to match that 2% in tandem with your GSA. Right. So really, really read up on that. Get a firm understanding. If you have questions, reach out to us. We love helping people understand their EPA. <laughs> yeah, it ensures that you know five de- you know five years down the road you don't wake up and say, "Oh my God, I've never increased my GSA pricing. <laughs> How do I even do that?" <laughs> I know, I know. We hear that. It from, happens from all so the many time. People. Yeah, yeah. Um, and generally, figuring out what kind of documentation is required to increase your pricing is critical. So if you need to change your contract in any way, your pricing or add new services, add new products, delete old things you no longer sell anymore, there is a formal 
modification process that you'll need to get yourself familiar with. So all modifications are uploaded inside of the eMod website, the little web portal that GSA has, and they do issue instructions on what they're looking for and how to provide this information to them. But get yourself comfortable. Again, kind of put your blinders on when you're looking at that table of contents, figure out where you need to be in the document, and then just work your way through them one by one. Right. Um, if you are not sure where to go, that's perfectly reasonable. Um, there's a lot of different, you know, if-then clauses that can move you in a couple of different directions. So again, reach out to us. Contract modifications are the bread and butter of what we do. Um, at the very least, we can point you in the right direction or let you know if you've if you've if you've done this successfully yourself. You know, right? Um, or if you submitted it and you got rejected. And everything the GSA contracting officer said to you feels like it's in a different language. (laughs) Send us the email. I think it's hieroglyphics this time. I'm not sure. It can be pretty intimidating for sure. Um, We can help in a variety of ways. We can take care of it cradle to grave for you. Uh, We can help you decipher what your CO just said to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Put it in plain language. That makes sense. Or, you know, we can fix your documents and resubmit it for you. Right. So there's a handful of ways we can help. Don't, you know, don't drown. (laughs) Reach out to us. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay. Definitely just have a firm understanding that, you know, every single five-year chunk period, your contract is up for extension. So, you know, you've got a potential 20 years on the GSA, and every five years, your contracting officer is going to initiate a formal mod inside of eMod. And they're going to ask you for a handful of documents. And they might then ask you for a whole bunch more documents. It really depends on your CL and probably how much you know sales you've been doing through your contract. They really want to make sure it's squeaky clean. You're doing a good job maintaining it. They're going to look it all over and then decide to extend your contract or not for another five years. This is another thing that, you know, we can help with, but just be aware it doesn't happen automatically. That can be a really rude awakening if you get the email asking for a whole bunch of stuff that you weren't expecting. So just be aware. Right. And they will reach out to you ahead of, uh, you know, the the date that your contract option is up. It's like 200 uh, days or something yeah, like that. Yeah, right, right. They'll, they'll shoot you an email saying, you know, if you'd like to extend, please let us know and provide us with this kind of information. Um so if if you've gotten that email recently, again, reach out to us and we're we're happy to help. Right. Um, also, um, Sam.gov got updated recently, and you need to take some time to get yourself familiar with it because even if you did this a week ago, um, there have been some changes. So make sure that you can go over there, check out your entity registration, make sure that all of those questionnaires are up to date um, because they'll need you to go in and click through that big questionnaire every year in order to keep your SAM.gov registration uh, you active. Know, active. Yeah. Right, it takes right. about 10, pin- what did you say, 10 minutes, 10 to 15? Yeah, because most of the questions, thankfully, you know, they pre-populate with what you answered last time. Yeah. So there's only a handful of things you'll need to provide them, uh, like a gross uh, sales number from last year is one of them. Right. Um, so for the most part, you can just hop in and say, yeah, my company functions the, the same, same as it did last year. <laughs> and you can click through a lot of it. The first time takes a while. But if you've already gotten your GSA contract, you're familiar with that process. Yeah. Um, so just make sure, uh, you know, put a little note in your calendar with a little, you know, alert to let you know a week ahead that 
your sam.gov questionnaire needs click through again. Um, It cannot expire. Do not let it expire. Don't let it expire. (laughs) Yes. I don't know what happens if you do. (laughs) (laughs) It can't be good. It's not good. Yeah. Okay. So all of that said, uh, we strongly recommend to either have someone on your team that is very dedicated to learning all things GSA uh, and have them tasked with keeping up with all of this or, um, you know, outsource a lot of it to a company like us because we can help, um, you know, cut through the quagmire that is GSA right. um, and get things done a little more efficiently mm-hmm. and kind of take a lot of the stress and burden off of you. Sometimes getting a modification through can take six months. Sometimes right. it can take one. Um, it just depends. And sometimes you need someone in your corner reaching out to your CEO and calling them um, and asking, you know, where you are in the queue, things right. like that. So, And even if you just did this whole proposal yourself, the GSA is coming out with changes kind of all the time. Um, so staying on top of the stuff can be a big burden on either a small company with few staff or even large companies when they're realizing that the staff that used to be chasing down opportunities and making sales are now caught up trying to find the right website that GSA assigned <laughs> to them to make sure that they're in compliance. You know what right. I mean? So it, it it comes down to, a, is this the, the most financially efficient way to spend your time? Exactly. Um, and if it's over your head or it's just too much, uh, you know, bureaucracy and uh you know administration you we're we're happy to help and give you you know a a range of support depending on what you need um yeah and then as always if you have any questions about any of this information i know we covered a lot in this uh you know this podcast today (laughs) and we are going to have some more information for you in the episode notes um if you have any questions about any of this please reach out to us we're happy to clarify get you more information or if you just have a topic that you'd like for us to cover in a future episode reach out to us at podcast at elevategsa.com thanks for listening